All right, thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Low on energy. Yeah, I feel like I don't have any energy. I tell you what. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. Amen. All right. We do have water. Hallelujah. So now I'll just make everybody thirsty for just a moment. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, uh, I do want to thank everybody again, and I don't say this just to say it. I really and truly am so grateful, so thankful, so glad to be here, so uh, honored to be your missionary, really. And so uh, thank you so much, sincerely. Amen. Um, Let's go to the Lord in prayer, ask his blessing, and then we'll get into the message. And uh, we could all go home tonight. We heard a good message, really good message. Amen. We heard what we needed to hear. Amen. Uh, but you have to put up with me, so. <laughs> so, all right. Amen. Let's stand. Amen. <clears throat> Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I do ask that you'll take your people and bless. Do something for them tonight, Lord, I pray. God, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll speak to us tonight, Lord, um, through this sinner, only a sinner, saved by grace. Thank you for what we've heard, Lord. And we've certainly heard enough. We've certainly heard what we need to hear. And I do thank you so much, Lord, for the message God the Brother Byer brought. And, uh, Lord, I humble myself before you, and I know, God, that uh, these people that are here, they need to hear from you, and they don't need to hear from me. And I ask in Jesus' name that you will bless your word, that you'll honor your word, that you'll speak to our hearts tonight, that your Holy Spirit will have your will and your way. We're probably all tired. We're probably all ready to go home, Lord. And yet, everyone's here, and I think they're expectant, and they want something from you, Lord. And I do pray with the time that's left, Lord, that we'll be able to take and just get just a little bit more inside of us, stay awake a little bit longer and enjoy uh, what you have for us now, Lord, in your word, your promises, your book, your words. Thank you, Lord, for them. In Jesus' name, I humbly ask, Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. So I'd like to ask you a question tonight. I'd like to ask you, and uh, I'm taking it from the floor, so feel free to raise your hand. But uh, if you had to put together... The three greatest words in the English language. If you had to guess, what are the three greatest words that could ever be put together in the English language? Yes, my brother. Eh, eh. But I love you too, brother. In the Lord. Which is code for I hate you in the flesh. But you know. Just kidding. Amen. Sorry, that's not going to work. Amen. All right. Yes, brother. Nah, that's not it. Sorry. Bam, bam. Yeah, brother. It is finished, it's getting close to it, but it ain't good enough. What you got to think, how good is this? If it is finished doesn't make the cut, what are we talking about here? All right, anybody else want to? Yes, brother. Yeah. What? Well, we're talking about three, brother. <laughs> There's three kind of people in this world, brother, those who can count and those who can't. <laughs> Three kinds of people, those who can count, and the, yeah, I don't know if everybody got that. <laughs> Amen. That's all right, brother. Amen. No, but that's not it. That's not it. <laughs> you voted what? Uh, oh, okay. They voted a yokel, a mokel? Okay. Amen. Yes, I, I see someone over there. Yes! Oh, man, who can argue with that? Okay, well, you got me. Okay. 
But uh, let's look at our Bibles, and uh, let's look at Matthew chapter 1, verse number 23. Matthew chapter number 1. Matthew chapter number 1. <clears throat> Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is, say it with me now, God with us. I want to tell you tonight, there are not three greater words you could put together in the English language. You could think, and you could think, listen, if, if it is finished is good, how much better, better is it to know that it, that it is God, and that he died, and he died for us, and, and that he's not just dead, but he resurrected, and we have God with us. Amen. That's a big deal right there. God with us. You don't get better than that. There's not three greater words in the English language, or probably any language that could be put together, uh, when you get in a language, you could do things where it could be one word or two words or whatever. So I'm just saying three words in English, amen. But the three greatest words in the English language, God, yeah, in fact, it's one word in Hebrew. Look at that. Isn't that funny? Emmanuel. It's all one word in Hebrew. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in English, three words and uh, God with us. And so uh, tonight what I want to do is I want to preach on that. I want to preach on God with us. And, you know, how do you do that? How do you preach on God? Man. I mean, you just think about the subject. How do you preach on God? What can do God justice? How can you preach God and do him any kind of justice at all? So that's point number one is God. Point number two is with, and point number three is us. And uh, it's not easy to preach, amen. God goes beyond our thoughts. I mean, he's unimaginable. He's, he's beyond us when it comes to being able to understand him and take it all in and uh, I listened to an, a, lot, a lot of audio books, and I heard one one time, and it was talking about how uh, scientists now, they uh, have looked into uh, the microscopic world, and when they look down, they say that strange is not the world. Unimaginable is not the world, uh, the word. And when they look at the, the world that's microscopic, it's um, instead of three dimensions, some of them say it's got as many as 27 dimensions, which, you know, how can you even fathom that? I mean, we know what the three-dimensional world is. How can you fathom 27 dimensions, you know? I mean, that's pretty rough. Uh, that's pretty crazy right there. 27 dimensions? That's mind-boggling. Um, and yet, when you look at Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know what? God just thinks on a whole nother plane. He's somewhere else. 27 different um, dimensions is no big deal for him. It is for us, but he's not like us. He's beyond us, amen. And he's beyond us in so many ways. Uh, you can't contain the knowledge of God. Trying to really know God and, and have the fullness of the knowledge of God would be like trying to take the ocean and put it inside this bottle and you couldn't do it. You can't take the ocean and put the whole ocean. I mean, you just, you know you can't do that. But then the knowledge of God, it's the same thing. We know God. Amen. We know something about God. Amen. We've got a Bible with 1,189 chapters that tells us something about God. We know something about God. But boy, trying to know it all and contain it all, we can't do that. Our, our little frames, we can't hold it all in. Um, Job chapter 11 says, Canst thou by searching find out God? Canst thou find out the Almighty unto perfection? And you know, the answer to that is no. We can't find out everything there is to know about God. We can know some things about God, but let's face it. What, what can, can we really contain? No, 
We can't. Amen. It's impossible. Job chapter 5, verse 9. God which doeth great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number, but they're unsearchable. We can't search out the things of God and know everything about God. I don't know how my TV remote works. You know what I'm saying? I can't even work the thing. I call the kids down. Hey, would you get this thing going for me? <laughs> so, I mean, how am I supposed to know anything about God if I can't figure out what a man made? Amen. Uh, the Bible talks about God, and it says he's got peace that passes all understanding. It says that he's got love, Ephesians 3.19, that passes knowledge. It says in Psalm 145, verse 3, that he's got greatness that is unsearchable. Amen. And so you look at God, and you look at the knowledge of God, and we can't figure it all out. We don't know all this stuff going on about God. Uh, we can take in a little bit, but we can't know everything. Job 37, touching the Almighty, we cannot find him out. He is excellent in power and in judgment and in plenty of justice. We cannot find him out, Job says, Job 37, verse 23. We can't. We can't know everything about God. Job 37, verse 5. God thundereth marvelously with his voice. Great things doeth he, which we cannot comprehend. Amen. There's a lot of things about God, and uh, we can know some things. That's one of the amazing things about God is that he made us in a way where we can know him where we can know some things about him. But let me tell you something that's just amazing about God is that throughout eternity, as great as God is, he's going to unfold and unblossom and forever, layer after layer, we'll be going, whoa, I never knew that about God, you know? I mean, at one time there was God and the angels and then God made a man and the angels were like, wow, this is unbelievable. And then one day God made a woman. And the angels are going, whoa, this is mind-blowing. I never saw that, you know? And, and everything God does is just like we'll find out more and more. It'll never get old. And the crazy thing is, this is what's really unbelievable, is that it'll always get better. Amen. Man, I tell you, I was glad to be in the church age when I read about the Old Testament. But then when I started to learn about the millennium, I'm like, oh, yeah, I wish I were in the millennium, <laughs> you know? Amen. But, uh, man, you get into eternity, and it's just going to get better and better. And we'll know God, and we'll know more and more and more about God, but it'll always be knowing, like, just always just in awe of who he is and in awe of, wow, I didn't know that. Wow, I never expected that. And I mean, for eternity, amen, ever unfolding, ever marveling uh, throughout all of eternity, amen. So you look at God through a microscope, and you could be amazed because, I mean, what they're saying, I mean, it's beyond our comprehension. It's beyond our thoughts. But if you looked at God through a telescope, you'd see the same thing. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23, God that filleth all in all. Amen. So he fills everything. Amen. Uh, there's a little kid. He was making fun of a girl, and he says, how do you know there is just one God? And she says, because God fills every place. There's not room for another one. <laughs> Amen. He's, he's everywhere. He fills everything. Amen. And there isn't room for another one. But if you look through a telescope, you'll know there's a God as well, and you'll know what a great God he is, and you'll see the marvels of his glory and of who he is. Amen. Uh, but you can't take God and just uh, put all that knowledge into us. I mean... Uh, Man, even with the glorified body, I think through eternity, when we are made like Christ, we'll still be going, wow, he never ceases to amaze me. Amen. I mean, this is what we're talking about. This is God. And I'm just trying to preach just for one point, one word, just the word God. I don't know if you get it, but I'm trying to get across. Man, he's amazing. Amen. I'm doing my best. <laughs> Amen. He knows everything. Uh, 
you know, a billion is a lot. A million is a lot, but a billion, that's a big number. But I did read this. God is aware of every one of the 443 billion molecules in a cubic inch of gas at normal temperature and pressure. So you can imagine 443 billion molecules in this teeny weeny little thing. You talk about the princess and the pea. I mean, if you took just one molecule out, God goes, uh, 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 because he knows, he feels it, he senses it. But us, I mean, my goodness, man, I could leave my wallet or I almost left tonight and left my keys in the house. I went to lock the door. Boy, that would have been a lot of fun. Amen. If God didn't stick this head on my shoulders, you know, uh-huh, amen. But the Lord, he's so sensitive. He knows everything and he's sensitive to everything and he's aware of everything. He is not like us, amen. A frustrated college student taking an exam just before Christmas wrote on his paper, God only knows the answers to these questions. Merry Christmas. And he turned in his paper. Well, the next year he went back to school and he got his paper back and the paper said, God gets 100%. You get a zero. Happy New Year. <laughs> he does know, though. He knows. He knows everything. God only knows. Well, yes, he does. Uh, why do we laugh? You guys laugh. Why do we laugh? You know, scientists can't answer that question with all their technology and all their smarts and all their studies. They're still trying to figure that one out. Why do we laugh? And they don't know. But we do laugh. And God knows why we laugh. Why do animals migrate? Nobody really knows. I mean, uh, science, they're really good about telling you something, but not necessarily really knowing about things. Uh, why do we age? Why do we get older? Science can't answer that. But God knows. God knows. Why do cats purr? Well, science doesn't know. You know, and in this day and age, it's good to say science doesn't know because they always think that, you know, science knows everything. Yeah, we're living in a day and age where they've got it all figured out. No, no, they, they don't. They really don't. I know that... Uh, and then it bugs me is if I say the Bible says, they go, uh, if I say that science says, they go, oh, <laughs> and it's just insanity. Uh, I deal with people all the time in Quebec, you know, and they say, I believe in science. I don't believe in God. Well, you know, it's a real short conversation. Just ask them what science is. Oh, you, you believe in science? I believe in science. Oh, okay. You don't believe in God? I don't believe in God. But you believe in science, not God, right? Right. What's science? Uh, <laughs> they don't even know what it is, amen. Science is man's knowledge. You know what man knows? I mean, he just doesn't know a lot. Amen. You know what God knows? He knows everything. Amen. Amen. Uh, a strong earthquake involves almost as much energy as a million atomic bombs going off at the same time. That's pretty incredible right there. I mean, you think about a million atomic bombs going off, that'd sure shake up uh, Oswego, wouldn't it? and uh, Martville, and <laughs> a million atomic bombs. But you think about it, God says, behold, I'll shake the heavens and the earth. That's the God we serve. That's pretty incredible right there. Who is this guy? And yet he can shake the whole place, and he will, amen. Talking about God, trying to get you an idea about who this guy is. Probably not doing a good job, but I'm sure trying, amen. What do you have in common with the guy who created the sun? I mean, he created the sun. It's, it's almost like you get home. Hi, honey, how was your day? And you could talk and, you know, you have some things in common. But, you know, you get down on your knees and how was your day? And we're nothing like God. And we don't have anything in common with God in, in a lot of regards. I mean, really, I mean, he's God, you know. Well, how do we relate? That's what I'm trying to say. How do you relate to God? A bolt of lightning can travel at speeds of 60,000 meters a second, can reach temperatures approaching 54 thousand degrees Fahrenheit 
and it heats the nearby air to 18,000 degrees Fahrenheit nearly instantly, and it's uh, almost twice the temperature of the sun's surface. And you're going to act like you have something in, you know, the big guy in the sky. Yeah, you're a fool to talk about him that way. You don't know him. And I have, a, I have an inkling that he doesn't know you. Amen. The big guy in the sky talking like that about God and all this stuff. They don't know God when they talk that way. But here's the thing. This is where we're going is, is God. I want you to get this. God. That's who's with us. Amen. God with us. He's the one that's with us. I don't think there could be three greater words put together. God with us. That's an amazing thing right there. And so uh, there's, there's God. I think maybe, hopefully, you can kind of grasp what I'm trying to do and understand kind of who God is and what we're talking about here. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up the next point, which is with. God with. And if I had told you guys, you know, you know we're going to get there on Sunday night, and Brother Byer is going to have this great message, and I'm going to preach on with. <laughs> you guys be going, like, I'm going to stay for the first part. I'm going to leave for the second, you know. <laughs> I mean, preaching on the word with, what can you say about the word with? What's in the word with? Amen. Oh, but let me tell you, you know, the book of Matthew, it begins with Emmanuel. What is that? That's God with us. Amen. How does it end? Lo, I am with you all way even to the end of the world. That's pretty good right there. God starts off the book, God with us, and he ends the book. I'm always with you. That's a big deal right there. Amen. What could be better? God is with us. If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Man, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifieth. Take counsel. Up. I want you to look at this with me. Isaiah chapter 8, verse number 10. I want you to see this. Isaiah chapter 8, verse number 10. God with us. Isaiah chapter number 8, verse number 10. Isaiah chapter 8, look at verse number 10. Take counsel together, and it shall come to naught. Uh, boy, I tell you, I sure think about some things politically when I read that verse, because I know there are some people taking counsel, and I sure hope it comes to naught, and I think it will come to naught, you know, because I know the guy. Amen. All right, take counsel together, and it shall come to naught. Speak the word, and it shall not stand. They're going to get up and tell everybody what's going to happen, and uh, you know what? I got uh, somebody on my side, and I don't think it's going to happen. Why? For God, say it with me now, God is with us. You know you need that tonight? You need to be encouraged, and you need to know who God is and start thinking about that for a little while. Then you need to realize, look, he's with us. We're on the winning side. We might go through some hard times, but it's always right, it's always, mercy's always there, he's always sufficient, and he's always glorified, and it's always for the good, amen. We're on the winning side, we have God, and he's with us, amen. The Germans in World War II, they had belts, and they said, Gott mit uns, or whatever, you know, anyway, the belt, it said, God with us, and was God with them? Man, they lost, and God was not with them. You can buy the belt buckle, brother. That doesn't mean God's with you. Amen. And so uh, God wasn't with them, but I want to tell you tonight, God is with us. He is with us. Amen. Uh, only God could make pillows out of lions. Amen. Like he did with Daniel. Only God can make a blazing inferno, 
a safe haven of rest, like he did with Shagrat, Meshach, and Abednego. Only God can make a shipwreck the safest place to be, like he did with Paul in Acts chapter 27. Only God could make affliction and suffering better than the pleasures of sin for a season, amen, like he did with Moses. Listen, God with us, it changes everything. It makes all the difference in the world. Amen. Uh, Isaiah 43, verse number two, when thou passest through the rivers, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Why? Because God's with you. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your heartache is. I don't know what your burden is. I don't know what your secrets are. But I know one thing. You need that right there. You need to know God is with you. Amen. You need to take that and put that inside you and lock it up inside of you and not lose sight of that. Uh, things might be rosy now, but listen, when the hard times come, don't forget God is with us. Amen. The flame shall not hurt thee. I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. The Lord is with us, and you need that right there. Only the Lord could take a generic word like with and give it so much tender meaning. I mean, I read my Bible, and, you know, I look for the word with now. <laughs> oh, let me see. You know, there's a blessing in there somewhere. Amen. God, well, you know, that's a blessing, but then with, wow, and then you go looking. And uh, I want to take, I want to go through some uh, verses here. And as I get to the word with, I want you to say it with me, amen. So uh, I might pause and then that way you guys know, okay, that's the word, just in case you maybe you don't know the word. Here we go. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup. And he, me, amen. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Isaiah 41.10, fear not thou for I am with thee. Amen. Be not dismayed for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and of a good courage. Fear not nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. Amen. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Amen. Deuteronomy 31.8, And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee, he will be with thee. Amen. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. First Thessalonians 4.17, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be. Man, I like that. Amen. That's good stuff. Revelation 21, verse 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. That's God with us. Amen. That's Emmanuel for eternity. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Man, if you have God, I'm telling you right now, brother, sister, you have got it all. Amen. You have got it all. And if you don't have God, you got nothing. Amen. What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? But if you've got God, you've got everything. You're the big winner. You're the biggest lottery winner. You've got it all. He that spared not his own son, shall he not freely give us all things? I mean, if he didn't spare Jesus Christ, wow, what kind of a deal did we get in on? You've got God. 
and you've got everything, amen, and we take it for granted, and it's easy to feel like, yeah, yeah, so what, okay, I know, I know the verses, yeah, yeah, I've heard it before, whatever, or, you know, you know it, and you hear it, but maybe it doesn't do a whole lot for you, but I want you to stop and consider not everybody could say, God with us, not everybody could say, Emmanuel, not everybody could claim that blessing, God with us, that's a big deal right there, let me give you an example, Adam, kicked out of the garden, disfellowshipped, away from God. And you know, part of his curse, we look at it like, oh, they lived 900 years back then. Yeah, things were better. No, no. When you walked with God in the garden, and then you have 900 years on this place before you get to be with him again, it's not all roses. And so for hundreds of years... Don't you know he stole away? And when Eve wasn't looking, he hid his face and he bowed his head and he said, Oh God, oh God, oh God, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Lord. How long? How long is it going to be before I see you again? How long, Lord? I am so sorry. <clears throat> and when he bowed his head and prayed, he had an image. He had seen God. He had a voice. He remembered the Lord saying, Adam, he had a voice. He had something we don't have. He had a closeness with God in a sense, in a way that we won't have this side of glory. Hundreds of years go by, and he could not say, Emmanuel. It wouldn't be God with us, not for Adam. It would be God used to be with us for 900 years. If you can say Emmanuel tonight, don't take it for granted, amen. I'll tell you another one. There's a woman. She's pregnant. Her husband's away at war. Nine months, you know, have come along, and she could give birth any moment now, and news comes, and her husband is dead. And it's an awful tragedy, and the news puts her into labor somehow, I guess, and she doubles over in pain and gives birth, and they go over, and they say, good news, good news. It's a boy. And she just stares off with a blank stare, unmoved, unaffected, and doesn't say a word. And when she finally does open her mouth, this is what she says. Name the boy Ichabod. What? Ichabod. That'll be his name. What does Ichabod mean? The glory of God is departed. You know what it means? It means basically God's not with us anymore. What happened? Well, they went to fight against the Philistines. And they put God in a box. And the Philistines took the box. <laughs> you know, we do the same thing. We got God all encadré, that's the word in French, you know, in a box. Yeah, and he's just, you know, right there. And then when something happens that you didn't expect, it's like, oh, where's God? The Philistines must have got him. God's dead. No, no. <laughs> God's not in your box. Amen. He's not, you know, you know, he's not in the box. Amen. Now, we think he is, and we put him in a box, but he's not in a box. And I'm telling you right now, there's a lady right there who probably like some believers today, she said, she couldn't say Emmanuel. She couldn't say God with us. She said, God's gone. And sometimes you feel that way. And as a New Testament believer, you really have no place to say God has departed. The glory of God has departed. God's not with us any longer. He said, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. And brother, we're getting pretty close to the end. <laughs> Amen. I uh, looked at the calendar, amen. 
Let me give you a story of we three kings. A story of three kings. We three kings. Well, I've got a story here of three kings, and one of them is uh, king, and you know this king. He's committed adultery and murder, and there's not pardon for either. There's no offering he can bring, and he throws himself at the mercies of God, and he bows his head, and he prays, and tears pour down his face, and he begs God, and he says, please, please, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. And he's not just saying words, because he saw it in this other king, King Saul. And in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse number 7, it says, God is with thee. God was with Saul. What happened? Saul wasn't with God. And boy, I'm telling you, the Old Testament is not like the New Testament. The Holy Spirit could come on a man, and the Holy Spirit could leave a man. And the Holy Spirit came on King Saul, and the Holy Spirit left King Saul. And then there's David. And the Holy Spirit came on King David. And David says, oh God, please don't take him away. Please don't take him away. Please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. He wasn't saying Emmanuel. He had trouble saying Emmanuel, God is with me. He knew the truth. He knew what could happen in the Old Testament. It's not like the New Testament. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you about a third king. There's David. There's Saul. And look with me in Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7, if you would, please. Isaiah chapter 7. This is a king named Ahaz. And he could not say, Emmanuel, God with us. And you wonder why. Why couldn't he say it? Look at Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. He's the one God gave the promise to. Isaiah chapter 7, verse number 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name what? Emmanuel. And so he's talking to this king. He's talking to Ahaz. What's the trouble? Ahaz doesn't believe the promise. And so he can't say Emmanuel. He can't say God with us. Why? Because he doesn't believe it. Ah, boy, I hope that's not your case tonight. God is with us. Man, I tell you, I read some stuff. I hear some stories. My daughter's been studying nursing, and she's told me some things, and I'm going, my innocent little baby, she's heard that before. It's just awful, some of the things she's heard, you know, and you're scarred for life. Yeah, I know I am, Daddy. (laughs) It's like, oh, my baby. And uh, I know there are awful things out there, but I want you to know that God is still with us. I mean, some really bad things can come into your life. And it's an anchor to your soul to know that God is with you. Amen. And if you don't have that, you can drift into some pretty dangerous places. Amen. Alcohol, drugs, suicide, depression. I mean, look, you need that anchor for your soul. Amen. Amen. And so this man, he couldn't claim the promise. He had the promise. God gave him the promise. He's where we got the promise from. The text we read in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, comes from Isaiah chapter 7, and the guy it was given to couldn't say Emmanuel because he didn't believe it. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. We ought to be able to say it, amen. We ought to be able to believe it. I want to tell you this. For 400 years, there was no word from the Lord. For 400 years between the last book of the Bible, Malachi, There was no word from the Lord. 100 years go by. Anybody heard from God? Haven't heard anything from God. We got a bunch of false prophets over here. Oh, okay, well, that's not from God. And, you know, 
150 years go by. In fact, let's uh, do something right now. Let's start counting. We're going to count one to 400 and see how long it takes, just to give you an idea of how long it's going <laughs> to. You wouldn't want to count to 400. Can you imagine 400 years? And then 400 years of no word from God, no prophet, no Bible, no nothing for 400 years. Wow, 100, 150, 200, 250, 300, 350. Every year goes by painfully slow. People have lost their faith. People are thinking there is no God anymore. And uh, it's just a complete mess. And then we come to Matthew chapter 1, verse number 23, Emmanuel. We come to our text. You better not take it for granted if you can say Emmanuel. Amen. I'll give you one more. An innocent man who didn't do anything wrong, who's punished for something he didn't do, and a bunch of false accusations are trumped up against him, and he cries out in despair, and he says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He forsook him, but he promised not to forsake me. He, pr he promised not to forsake you. That's a big deal right there. Amen. If you can say Emmanuel, you'd better stop and recognize not everybody could. Amen. I'll tell you what, Joe Biden can't say Emmanuel. Amen. Ellen DeGeneres can't say Emmanuel. Amen. Uh, Beyonce can't say Emmanuel. Tiger Woods can't say Emmanuel. We can go down a list. Amen. I don't know. Can your neighbors say Emmanuel? I know we can. Praise the Lord. That's a big deal. And so we shouldn't be so, oh, ho-hum, oh, whatever, yeah, pie in the sky, by and by, yeah, yeah, it's good preaching, but it's really not actually real. Man, I want you to, I want tonight, I want you to get a hold of God. I want it to be real, and I want him to be real, and I want you to realize the power in the word God, and that you take that word God, and you, you, you put it right up next to the word with. God with. Amen. And then there's us. God with us. That's what I want you to get tonight. Amen. God with us, amen. The worst words you could ever hear, we have to let you go. You're fired. I want a divorce. You have cancer. Your child is dead. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. Those are some bad words right there. The best words you could ever hear, God with us. Amen, 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 amen. God with us. I'll tell you it like this. I don't know if you've heard this before, but what well, this is good, it's worth repeating. God's the only one that counts, amen? So he's a one, and you're a zero, amen? I know I'm a zero, and you take the one, and you put it with the zero, and what have you got? You got 10, amen? And if there's another zero in the room, you'll have 100, and you have another zero, you'll have 1,000, amen? You just be a zero for the Lord and a zero with the Lord. But if, if you're a zero and you're with the Lord, you're not a zero anymore. Amen. Amen. That's a big deal. God with us. And that's the thing right there. That's what it's all about is uh, God with us. And if you look through history, I mean, that's what history is all about. 6,000 years of history. What's it all about? Uh, why are we here theologically? What does it mean? And where does it come from? And uh, I'll tell you this, there's a lonely God, and he said he wanted to love, and he decided to love, and he found us, and he said, I want to love you, and here we are. And uh, really, all of 6,000 years of history is God making an us. 
He wanted it not to just be him and him alone, but he wanted in us. He wanted us together, amen. He wanted us with him forever, and that's what it's all about, amen. That's why God created man. That's why he gave himself on the cross. That's why he's coming back to make things right, and that's why he's going to take us to be with him forever, amen, amen. It's all about that word us. There must have been some time a long, long time ago where God was all alone. It was him and it was the Trinity and it was perfection. There wasn't anything lacking. And yet God wanted something more. And God being love, he can't just love himself. So if God is love, he's got to love something or someone. He can't create a robot and say, okay, this is my love right here. You know, okay, turn on the little switch there. and I love you. You are the greatest. I worship you. That's not what the Lord wanted. So, uh... God created something that had free will that could love back. Man. And he, he created something that would run the risk of rejecting him. And so God, he created something where there actually really and truly is love because there's that choice. And history, all of our history from Genesis 1-1 right on to the end is all about God choosing a people and a people choosing God. That's what's going on. Amen. And it's all about that word, that one little word, two letters, us. That's what it's about. Amen. God was alone. And uh, John 12 says this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. And God said, I don't want to be alone. I want to be loved, but it's not enough for the Father to love the Son and the Son to love the Holy Spirit, and they all three love each other. Even though it's still perfection, God said, I want to love. And I'll tell you something else about the God, God's love, is that it had been one thing if God had uh, loved uh, puppy dogs, you know, or if God had loved, uh, you know, little cute hamsters or something. But, man, God loved us. God loved us. His love reached, reached so low that he loved the worst thing in all of the universe, <laughs> and that's us. I mean, when it comes to, to sin and sinners, and amen, he loved us. And that's the amazing thing right there. Um, I want you to look with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. He loved us, but God commended his love toward, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for. Man, he loved us, and that's the amazing thing. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 4. Amen. I want you to uh, say the word us when we get there. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened together with Christ, for by grace are ye saved, and hath raised up together and made to uh, sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward, through Christ Jesus, amen. And that word, us. And that's what God, that's what he's into. That's what he's all about is that word, us. The Bible says this, Isaiah chapter 9, for unto a child is born, unto a son is given, amen. God, he's interested in us, amen. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for how shall he not uh, with him also freely give? And if I went through those verses, I'm telling you, there's so many verses I go through right now. But, you know, he could take that little word us, and he makes it so sweet. He makes it so tender. He makes it so precious. And now, you know, go through my Bible, and I'll go, oh, there's that word us again, you know. <laughs> it means so much. Amen. 
when Peter, Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Luke chapter 5, verse number 8. And I'm telling you right now, thank God he doesn't answer all of our prayers. Imagine the Lord saying, okay, fine, uh, I'll, I'll leave you. Man, that's not what we want, amen. Amen. And so the Lord says, I'm God, you trust me as your Savior, and I'll be with you, and lo, I'll be with you all way, and it'll be God with us, amen. And so God, he, uh, he didn't answer that prayer with Simon Peter, but instead, he's a God who loves sinners. And you know, Jesus was accused of being a glutton and a drunk, a wine-bibber. And why is that? Because of us. Amen. Because of us. And so the miracle here is, is, you know, God with, you can understand God with the seraphim. You can understand God with the cherubim. You can understand God with the angels. That makes sense. You could see God with the beauty of creation. That makes sense. But here's the miracle right here. God with us. Amen. God with us. Amen. That's the thing right there. That's the miracle. I want to run through just a few verses real quick. We're just going to quickly flip, turn to them. I'm almost to the end. But I want you to see these things. I'm making a little point here, and then we're going to close. Uh, Genesis chapter 3. This is how bad we are. Genesis chapter 3, if you would, please. And look at verse number 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Stop and think about that right there. They hid themselves from what? What about God with us? They didn't want to be with God. Chapter 4, Genesis chapter 4, verse number 16. And Cain went out from what? The presence of the... Hey, you're going the wrong direction, man. You're going out from the presence of the Lord. Look with me at Jonah, chapter 1, verse number 3. Jonah chapter 1, verse number 3. But Jonah, no, no, not Jonah. Yeah, Jonah. Jonah. Jonah's a prophet. He's a man of God. He wrote a book of the Bible or something like that. It's, his book's in there. He didn't write it, I guess, but his book's in there. Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish. What does it say? From the presence of the Lord. Hey, Jonah, you're going the wrong direction. Yeah, I know I'm going the wrong direction. Boy, is that some people here tonight? Are you going the wrong direction and you know you're going the wrong direction? Amen. <clears throat> Look at Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1, verse number 12. Let me show you what you're like if you're going the wrong direction. Job chapter 1. Look at verse number 12. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power, only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Cain, Jonah, 
Adam and Eve, you, <laughs> me. What is wrong with us? God with us, amen. Hey, God's with us. Are you with God? Mm -mm. That's where we're supposed to be. You know what some of us do? We put up a little sign and it says, back in 10 minutes. I know I'm saved. I got eternal security. I read the contract. God's with me. The question is, are you with God? Amen. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 1, verse number 9. Man, if you are not with God and you're out of the, you know, away from the presence of the Lord, so to speak, I mean, I'm not going to get into all the doctrinal stuff and all that. I'll let you figure that out later. God is with us and all that stuff. But if you're, if you're running from the presence of the Lord, you're like the devil. Because <laughs> that's what the devil was doing in Job chapter 1, verse 12, and in chapter 2, verse number 7. You're going the wrong direction. Amen. Look with me at 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 9. Talk about unbelievers who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from what? From the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Man, if you are not in tune with God and you're running the other direction, I'm telling you right now, believer, you're like the people that populate hell and you're like the devil. That's pretty rough right there. I'm just telling you right now, God's with us. And what's the point of this message? You need to be with him. Amen. And I say that because you know your own heart. You know how much you really are with God, how much you're really in tune with God, how seriously you take God, how seriously you take being in his word because you really love him, you really want to learn, you want to grow, you want to know. You, how seriously you really take prayer because you really love him and you really want to have a relationship with him, amen. You know God is with you. Are you with God, amen. Now, Brother Byer, he preached on consecration, and I was over there on my phone. He must have thought, you know, what a heretic, a sinner over there. He's looking up stuff on his phone, you know. <laughs> I just, I had a thought, and I thought, man, I'm going to look it up. Consecration comes from two words, con, and from the old French word, le français de la France. <laughs> so, sacré. Sacré, what does it mean? It means to make sacred. And so, one explanation was with the sacred, that's God. And the other one was with and then to make you sacred. Consecration. He preaching on consecration. He's preaching on you being with God. And that's what I'm preaching on. <laughs> I'm preaching on you being with God. You know what you need tonight? And you need a whole dose of God. And I don't mean just a little bit. You need a bunch of God. Amen. You need, the problem is, is believers have as much of God as they want. That's the problem right there. I'm telling you tonight, more than anything, and I can say that confidently, what you need most is God. And I thank God for your giving. I thank God for your sacrifice. I thank God for what you do to allow me to be up there serving him. But you'd be robbed if you do not have a strong relationship with the Lord because you sell it off because you give to missions or because you sell it off by, well, I went to church. I'm a good person. Get off my back. Well, I read my Bible. I don't know what I read, but I don't really care. I'm sure I'll get some good stuff from the preaching. I'm telling you tonight, if there's anything I could give you in return for all you've given me, let me say this, get God. Get God, and I mean get a bunch of God, and get in tune with the Lord, and know the Lord, and get full of the Lord, amen, because uh, that's really what it's all about, God with us, and so you need God, and you need a bunch of God, and just, uh, man, get filled with God, get filled with the Holy Spirit of God, amen. 
D.L. Moody, he had an illustration. He says, how do you keep a bottle that's broken filled with water? If this thing were leaking, well, I mean, how do you keep it filled? And so you can probably think of all kinds of things. Well, you pour some more water, but if you do, it's going to leak back out wherever it's got that hole. So how do you keep it filled? And uh, as he asked several people, and he went through the illustration, he gave it, you know, he, he ended up telling them this, the only way you can really keep this thing filled if it's broken, and let's just face it, aren't, aren't we all broken? Amen. And the only way you can keep it filled, he said, is keep it under the tap. And I just want to tell you tonight, get God. Get filled with God. Filled with God. Stay under the tap. Let him just pour himself into you. You need that right there. You need that more than anything I could give you. You need God. Overflow with God. Thy soul must overflow. If thou another soul would reach, it needs the overflow of heart to give the lips full speech. So if I give you anything tonight, it's just get a big dose of God and don't be satisfied. Don't be, don't be content with how much God you've got. I mean, get more of God. Grow in the Lord. Want more. Amen. Am I telling you straight or not? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I do ask in Jesus' name that you'll please, God, just uh, fill us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with yourself. I know, Lord, that uh, you said there's none good but God. And you said there's none righteous, Lord, and there's none good. And yet you called Barnabas good. And if you called Barnabas good, it was only because he was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost. And if we'll be full of you, then I know, Lord, that we can actually be good. And we can be something pleasing to you. We don't have to be just the bad salt, but we could be the good salt, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name that you'll please, God, help us to be filled with you tonight, Lord, and filled with you tomorrow and filled with you every day. May we make that, Lord, our greatest desire. God with us. Lord, please, don't let us depart. Don't let us leave your presence. May we, may we be with you. I ask in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.